1: You are not being pranked. Yes, this is season two of Fresh Take with Joey and Ranveer. And we're kicking it off with just us today. We're going to talk about a variety of topics, basically what's been going on in our life. And uh, we'll sprinkle in the election a little bit. I hope you enjoy and see you next week. (laughs) And we're back, and it's good to be back. How are you, Joey?
0: I am so tired.
1: It's been a long, long semester, long semester for both of us, which is where we've been. We actually have some explaining to do to you guys. I feel Um, bad. Yeah, I feel horrible. I'm so, 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 so sorry.
0: I know you guys Um, missed us so bad.
1: Yeah, and I have more explaining to do than Joey does, actually.
0: You do have a little bit more, because you were missing for for the last two of the first season
1: yeah and I'm I was pissed to miss those last two because one of them was the amazing fantastic Amy Rivera, Amy Cole Rivera and then we had Sabre Agnew on, who was one of Joey's really good friends and I'm sad I missed both of those but, um, I had a COVID scare, and that's why I had to not be around Joey because I didn't want to give it to him or Amy Cole or Saber or anyone in this fantastic library that hosts us every time we do this podcast. Shout out to Fisher's Public Library for having us.
0: And thank you for taking the precaution, um, even though we both ended up catching COVID <laughs> uh, at a later date. But um, that was that's the smart thing to do. And anyone listening, if you feel like you might have come in contact with someone, please immediately self-isolate that's the easiest way to stop this spread is if you just contain it in your own area. Um, So hats off to you for doing that.
1: Thank you. And guys, we're all tired of it. I mean, I've been wanting it to end since it started. So March. Yeah. I mean, we're all tired and we're all sick of it, but the best thing that we can do for each other is take care of each other and take care of ourselves. And it really starts with taking care of ourselves because if I didn't self isolate and I did happen to have COVID and I was out and about,
0: um, well, it could have gotten so many different places.
1: Yeah, like, who knew? Who knows well, who could have gotten infected? You
0: tweeted a great infographic that was the circle of spread mm-hmm. that can show, really, it just takes one person and you could get up to, it's exponential.
1: I mean, we saw it with how we got COVID. Um, yeah,
0: we both got it from the same gathering. Same and Ranveer wasn't even there.
1: Yeah, I wasn't even at the gathering. And um, my whole friend group got it. And Joey's friends got it. Joey and his roommates got it. Uh, we have similar. So if you look at that graphic, we have similar circles, like our circles intertwined. But we also have people that we hang out with outside of our outside of that big circle that we have. So please, 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 if you think you might have come in contact with someone, like Joey said, self isolate, take the precautions, get a rapid test. Whatever you need to do, please, please, please have everyone's best interest in mind when you make a decision about going outside with COVID or thinking you have COVID.
0: Okay, now that we got all that fun stuff out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, after the shortest first season in podcast history, (laughs) we are starting the second season of Fresh Take with Joey and Ranveer, and I am so excited to do this. So we both are on Thanksgiving break, a little bit of turkey break, if you will. And we're we're banging out some episodes real quick for you. because um, we mi- I miss doing this.
1: Uh yeah. So over over this little season break that we had, the reason we're calling it season two is because really Joey and I had no fucking idea yeah. how that first season how that first couple of episodes would go. Yeah. And I just wanna before we go on say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank
0: you. I wasn't even sure if we would have a second season. I've never been a part of a podcast that has lasted more than this season. But the positive people have reached out. So many people have reached out and told me how much they really like this podcast. Yeah. And that is the best thing in the world, that we actually had enough people that like this podcast that merited a season two. So thank you guys so much for we, staying with us. We felt bad not doing it. I one. felt terrible.
1: Um, So over this break, I had been t- I texted you yeah. on numerous occasions just wanting to do a podcast and you obviously being the same way. Uh, so I'm glad we got to get this yeah. time to, you know, sit down and realistically, this is honestly therapeutic for us. Yeah. Um, sitting here, talking to each other, having a guest on every once in a while, that stuff's always, always fun. Um, so again, thank you so much yeah. for your guys' support. We appreciate it very much.
0: But we've got some great guests lined up for season two. Um, we just wanted to kick things off with just us yeah. For the the season premiere of of season two, just so that we could uh, explain our absence and explain what and uh, kind of get back into the 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 kind of the the kick of things, if you yep. will. Um, but I'm really excited for who we're having on this season. We just got the chance to talk to Max Keithley, and I think that was a great conversation. He's a good friend of mine. Um, we're gonna have our first ever repeat guest yes, in season it's two. Be awesome. So we're, I'm gonna I'm not even gonna tell you who it is. You're gonna have to stay tuned. Um, but it's a really big guest. We're gonna go over things with the election um, and talk about how that all shook out. Um, so that should be an interesting conversation. but we're gonna try and up the production value for you here.
1: Yeah, we're really uh, so this first season we got a, a, a taste of what this is like to you know have a podcast with a, a schedule yeah. um, which is something that you know kids our age aren't used to. Like yeah. you know this is very new to us having a schedule of releasing something to people you know, uh, which is awesome. And I'm glad that we have that schedule. So, and I'm glad that we're back on it now as well. So little outline of what's going what's going on in our lives within these next couple weeks. So basically we're on Thanksgiving break right now. We're going to have episodes coming out uh, these next two weeks. And then um, we'll be back home for winter break. And then obviously we'll be pumping episodes out for you guys during winter break because we'll be home and we'll have nothing better to do because of COVID, so, <laughs> uh, which is, I mean, in in the grand scheme of things pretty cool that we get to do this um i'm i'm very very thankful that we have an opportunity to do this um again thank you thank you thank you to everyone thank you to our guests from the first first season we had some rock stars quotations around seasons um yeah amy cole shout out to her you ran a fantastic 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 race um I'm sad to hear that the results didn't go the way that you wanted them to, but you inspired a bunch of kids and young women to run for office in the future. And I just want you to know that you will forever have a special place in my heart uh, for all the hard work that you have done yeah. and all the, all the help that you have given me over the years.
0: And always a special place on the show. She, I mean, I, she, I think she knows she's always welcome to come back. Yep. But I was very impressed with the way that she ran that race. Um, And it ended up being very, very close again, again, which is so inspiring because she was full grassroots, kind of starting from outside of politics, going up against someone that I would consider to be a career politician in a very interesting race. And I was very excited to see um, how close she made that and how inspirational she is for the next generation, because I truly think people need to see that it's possible. Yes. And if you're fed up with the way your government is working, one of the big ways that you can change that is by getting involved in your government
1: yep and that's voting i mean guys we had a 150 million people vote in this last election
0: absolutely which is
1: amazing like the numbers the turnout was amazing and i could not be more happy to see that this many people are voting both presidents had a record number of pop or not both candidates had a uh record number of votes for them so that's awesome uh whether you support one side or the other the fact that our democracy is at work is really what matters to me and the fact that people are out there voting doing their part means a lot and that's awesome so shout out to you guys out there that are
0: voting so i understood that we took radio silence during arguably one of the craziest elections <laughs> in history in history that's our bad but we're here now. We can talk about things. Ranveer, this election was nuts. Nuts. It Insane. was nuts. Insane. I've never seen an election take part in such a soap opera style. Yeah. I don't know about you. I was glued to the... T- I We had three different TVs on. It was terrible for the environment, but it was great for us at my apartment. And each one had... And
1: your a- electricity bill. And
0: our electricity bill. It was a sacrifice we're willing to make. Um, but we were. we had each one tuned into a different news channels Uh that we stayed unbiased when we were watching it and i just got to tip my cap to everyone that it was msnbc fox news and cnn
1: those people were on air for four days
0: straight i swear to god i've never seen such an inhuman display of stamina whoever was working the election board the big old smart tv that you can touch and stuff yeah they were on their feet for literally like 72 hours at a time yeah that, with I—that's my dream job, <laughs> I think. Touching a screen, touching a screen, and having it—I don't know. Um, but what did you think? I guess what's your main takeaway of this of this election?
1: Um, so another candidate that I really love and have come to grow a liking to is Fatty kadora who flipped a district this year in Indiana. Which, if you guys don't know, uh, Indiana is a very Republican place, and the fact that he was able to flip a district, in and and it was huge and i had the opportunity to intern for him and um congrats to fatty kadora and the team uh jessica griffiths alex court uh you guys are all awesome and i'm so 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 very proud of you guys uh in the work that you guys put in to win this election but on the grand th- in, the, in the, on the bigger level um it was it was what's i don't even know what, how to describe it it, it was, was unprecedented it was yeah it was insanity um with uh, Donald Trump going up huge early in a lot of the states, and then as a lot of the analysts predicted, there was a Democratic outpour in the in the uh, absentee ballots, and which is expected uh, because most Democrats vote by mail, and also uh, President Trump discouraged pe- discouraged his. Uh, supporters voting by mail so it makes sense why his mail-in turnout was so much smaller than his um, in-person turnout but it was it was cool to see in the midst of a unprecedented pandemic as well uh, to see that you know there's a record number of voter turnout still and it just shows that in the end nothing can stop us like um america is a strong country and uh, also, congratulations to our 46th president, uh, Joe Biden. Um, first vice president.
0: No, not first. First female vice president. Yeah,
1: first female vice president. She's also of Indian descent. I think
0: she's the second person of color to be elected to that office. Yep,
1: and I think Joe... I Don't quote me on this. I think Joe Biden is the first vice president to win the election as well.
0: That'd be interesting.
1: I think. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on it, but I think so. We'll talk to, we'll talk to our... Uh, our friendly guests that we have soon about that statistic, but yeah. I think it's true.
0: Yeah, that'd be crazy if it was, because if you think about the annals of history, how many pe- how many great people have been vice president, I, I, could, I could see that being the case. But my main takeaway from this was what you kind of touched on a little bit. It was inspiring to see the American people, regardless of who you supported or how you felt about the outcome, it is inspiring to see how we all came together and exercised our democratic rights. Yep. Of, of being able to go out there and vote. And my other main takeaway is I have no idea how the Electoral College works. It's been explained to me time and time again. I have no idea. I know it's very important and there's different numbers for different states.
1: Yeah, so you want to talk, let's talk about it a little bit.
0: Okay, because I need I need, again, I'm not the political mind on this podcast. I know my role here. <laughs> so if you could please explain to me in the simplest layman terms possible what the Electoral College is all about. Yes,
1: so the electoral college was established to kind of make do you know how in a business it's set up like there's there's the people that work there the ceo cfo and then the person that owns it yeah right? so the electoral college is basically like the ceo of the company okay and every every state has a different amount of electoral votes based on their population so indiana for example has 11 um, and that comes from the census that yes that that's why the census is so important okay because those the numbers will change, I think probably maybe after the you know census stuff is counted up um so Indiana may get more or less votes depending on what we got in the census, but the electoral college votes based on the popular vote in their
0: state, okay. So they, they, they have to take— And it's like
1: an all-or-nothing thing. You can't—like in Indiana, you can't win six of the electoral votes.
0: Okay. Well, could they defect? Could you vote against the popular vote? As yeah, you can
1: definitely—they can definitely vote. it. That's why there's such a critique of the electoral college because, I mean, they can do whatever they—they they can vote however yeah, they, please. they have no,
0: They have no real kind of—what would be, like, the repercussions if they did that? Would they just be removed from the electoral college? I
1: don't, I don't think so. I think it's—they're allowed to vote however they want to.
0: That's very interesting, has that ever happened? Do you know that they voted against the popular vote
1: um i i do not i don't I haven't seen that I don't think so so um again, the electoral college is so complicated yeah. um
0: do you think it's purposefully so a little so bit?
1: i i my theory on the electoral college is it's a form of voter suppression okay I think the electoral college is made so that um Uneducated quotations are on un- uneducated people. Uneducated people don't make the make the decisions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like a way for the government to be like, yes, this person that doesn't know anything about anything voted for Biden. But we live in Indiana. So this the Electoral College is going to vote for Trump because
0: of whatever it may be. So you it's kind of like the government hedging their bets a little bit. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Now that you've explained it to me. Which is also
1: why people want to get rid of it. You Do you know? think
0: there is a pathway to get rid of the Electoral College?
1: I think as a country, we are too um, modernized for an Electoral College at this point. Yeah, I think we've outgrown the Electoral College. Um, the reason why there is an Electoral College is if you look at these last... Since the 2000s is when I can you know say concrete fact. A Democrat has won the popular vote every year,
0: every okay. election.
1: So in twenty sixteen, Hillary won the popular vote, but Trump won the Electoral College. It's just a way for Republican lawmakers to stay in power.
0: Okay. Um so it's kind of leveling the playing field a little bit. Yeah, basically. In a way. Yes. Okay.
1: And in politics everyone's always gonna try to get the step up one party over the other, yeah. whatever it may be. So yeah, the electoral college benefits Republicans way more than it does Democrats.
0: That's interesting. I hadn't really thought of it in that kind of back and forth terms. Mm-hmm. What do you think about an emergence of third party voting? Because I feel like this year a good amount of people, and when I say a good amount, I mean about 4 to 3% or 3 to 4% in a state voted for Joe Jorgensen. Mm-hmm. I think that in the last election, Gary Johnson, who was the, the independent candidate, garnered a good amount of votes too. Do you think that we could be seeing – People are kind of fed up with a two-party system. And
1: I think could and should are two different things, right? Yeah. Um, will we see? Are we seeing the emergence of a third party? Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. easily. Um, with Joe Jorgensen before that, Gary Johnson. Um, for uh, Joe Jorgensen is actually a female. If you didn't know that,
0: yeah, I didn't know that, and then i i i, I looked I looked her up, um, and she's like, uh, her her day to day job. I believe she's a professor at a university. So she's an educated woman. I think she's at Clemson. That's awesome. I, but, I mean agree. I
1: mean so one of my I know people that did vote for Joe Jorgensen, one of my really good friends um did and he it's just he told me the reason he voted for Joe Jorgensen is cuz he didn't want to vote for Biden or Trump, mm-hmm. which if at the end of the day that makes sense to you, more fucking power to. Yeah. You. Like do do what you feel like is best for you and like that at the end of the day, that's what democracy is about. If you feel like that's the best person you that represents your views, hell yeah, go with it.
0: It brings back to me – I talked about this, I think, in one of the early podcasts, what Maine does, which is the ranked choice voting. Mm-hmm. So uh, if anyone needs a refresher, you basically pick your top five candidates, and if no candidate gets 50% of the vote or more – then the bottom candidate gets thrown out and if you happen to vote for them then your vote would go to your second choice candidate. So let's say in this last election I put Joe Biden at number 1, Joe Jorgensen or Joe Jorgensen at number 1, Joe Biden 2 and Donald Trump 3. And if none of the candidates had gotten 50% and Joe Jorgensen happened to garner the least amount of those votes, her vote would be thrown out and then my vote would turn towards into a, a Biden vote. I think that could help with third party voters, because I feel like a lot of people think if you vote for someone that's a third party, you're losing your vote. But with the ranked choice, you don't really ever lose your vote. It just gets dropped Mm. down to your second choice. I
1: think with ranked choice voting, it also garners a a better. It makes politics less of a competition. Yes. Which is what we see now. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the uh, commercials for the debates. But it literally felt like
0: it felt like a boxing match. Yeah, like
1: Joe Lewis and Mike Tyson were fighting. Yeah. Like you it know? was like
0: a tail of the tape a little bit. Yeah,
1: and it's just that's not what presidential debates are supposed to be like. I went back and watched John McCain and Obama debate and oh my gosh. They're not yelling, they're not interrupting each other. I mean, dude, it's a completely oh. different different democracy but you know? wouldn't
0: you give just a billion dollars to see joe biden and donald trump just slug it out it's in a funny it's ring? comedic it's comedic and that's the problem i would pay so much money to watch them fight
1: it's it's comedic and that's the problem i yeah. think is the fact that those people those two guys one of them now is joe biden is leading our country yeah
0: and well i'll tell you what it feels like with soundbite culture and as love as much as i love saturday night live i feel like our politicians are being commodified for soundbites so if you can say something like joe biden was like come on man will not you just shut up or something like that he's like shut up man or something if you get a good soundbite that makes people laugh you're going to stay in the news cycle for longer and longer and longer mm-hmm. and i think people are realizing it and then it's becoming a competition to see you it it, it low it low-key turned into a roast battle in the middle of it
1: yeah I think you're I think we're beginning to see the effects of money in politics. Yeah. So people need to watch the debate in order for Fox, whoever it is that's hosting the debate to get money. Right. They need to get views. So they're going to do whatever they can to get as many people to watch it, which what do people watch a lot of sports? Boxing is a great sport that people a lot people great spoiler a lot of people watch so they they made the debates the presidency the election one big fight and i mean even after the de- even after the the winner was announced there was still debate on whether who was the winner or not what was interesting to see is the fact that you know the debates that Donald Trump had afterwards after the results were released and you know confirmed that these are the results um Seeing that he didn't want to give up power originally, but mm-hmm. now, as of last night, CNN reported that um, one of his last
0: night being Monday the twenty third.
1: Yeah, Monday the twenty third. That they that the Trump administration has informed the Biden administration that they are ready for a peace, like a, a peaceful yeah. transfer of power, which is awesome. And honestly, i I don't want to see Trump you know, crash and burn. I don't want to see that. He was my president for a long time. You know, he was my president for four years. I don't want to see someone that used to be a leader, public figurehead, whatever it may be, crash and burn like that. So I'm glad that he accepted the loss Mm -hmm. and I'm glad that he's, you know, moving forward and I hope he continues to move forward in a positive manner, but it's, it's, it's Donald Trump. So we don't know what we're getting. Um, so I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that, you know, this transition goes smoothly um, and the American people can finally be at peace for a little bit.
0: Listen, I know dystopians are bad, right? Like, I know that post societys bad, but I would love it if we lived in a Hunger Games type of world where you would just send in 24 presidential hopefuls and then whoever came out alive at the end would be president. I think that would take a lot off my mind. I would be so politically uninformed. And it would be an actual fight. I think that's the only time it is okay for Fox and CNN and MSNBC to show, like, two people squaring off as if it's a boxing match, is if we had an actual fight to the death for presidency. (laughs) Because, like, they're hyping it up to be like, ah, it's going to be a slugfest, and then it's two old men competing to see who breathes the least in between their sentences. Like, that... I understand I don't know exactly what good TV is when it comes to politics, but as John Mulaney so eloquently said, it's an old man contest. It -hmm. was a battle between two old men. Yeah. And if you're going to put them squaring off in the promo, I'd like to see a couple of punches thrown. I would have loved that. If out of nowhere Joe Biden just turned to Trump, punched him in the face, Trump get him with a couple of body blows, and then they just return like nothing happened. Oh, my God.
1: little intermission uh, fight sesh.
0: That would be, honest to God, I think that's what politics needs in America. (laughs) It just needs to
1: become the UFC.
0: Everyone's angry all the time. That's true. And unless we get a healthy way to get it all out there, I don't know where we're going to go from here.
1: Positive coping mechanisms, man.
0: Yeah. Going to run. Are you saying that punching's not positive? (laughs) I think.
1: I don't think punching is positive, Joey.
0: I've always been a, a fan of positive punches.
1: As a psychology major.
0: Oh, don't flex on me.
1: I think we're worried about you.
0: I'm a theater major, okay? I could be a little bit. I officially dropped my journalism major. That's another quick update for y'all. I don't know if you knew what I did, but I dropped my journalism major, now I'm doing theater full-time.
1: For those of you that don't know, Joey actually does stand-up, and he's in this um, group called Boy in the Bubble at uh, IU, which does, it's like SNL of... Of Indiana University
0: we do some sketch comedy and they do
1: sketch comedy it's really cool it's really funny Um, and there are some great people in there that will probably one day be on SNL hopefully
0: hopefully I don't know we'll see where it takes us but it's interesting to do comedy during all this and when I say all this I know it's I'm so tired of saying shit like that where it's like in these trying times but like doing (laughs) comedy in this it feels like people need to laugh
1: do you also feel like people have uh, been less PC during this time? Yeah, because yeah. I mean, with comedy, you get you get this, you get this stigma that you can't cross this line. You know? Yeah. And I, the and the Dave Chappelle's, the Kevin Hart's, the uh, Burt Kreishers of the world cross that line because I mean
0: they can. not They can. They're goats. Well, I'll tell you, you can't. Uh, 18 year old guys doing their first open mic they shouldn't try to cross that line but I've seen it since this has happened people have been emboldened to share whatever fresh take they think of on stage in front of people and like I've heard some fucked up shit that I never would have heard before a pandemic but now I think everyone's like well if we die we die I might as well make fun of black people on stage (laughs) and I'm like don't do that and they get up there and they do it There was a guy that saluted, he threw up the Heil during, like, the the Nazi salute during his set. And I was like, why are you doing that? Like, we're in a pandemic, but we're still a civilization. (laughs) But I feel like people are so tired of being cooped up that they're like, why would I be a person anymore?
1: And I think that comedy has a a special place in in these times, you know? Yeah. Because when you're able to get someone to laugh, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, like, you going up... I saw your most recent set that you did at the Comedy Attic, right? Yep. In Bloomington. And uh, you talked about, you know, Tinder dates and how you don't get catfished because you're so ugly. That's so ugly. And, like, it was a five-minute set, but it was funny. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting better, which is cool. Like, it's cool to see the progression of how you have gotten better throughout these times. So I think, like... COVID has almost made your comedy better.
0: Well, I think what the difference, what I try to do is I always try to punch up. And I think a lot of people now, the rule of comedy is you always want to punch up. You always want to hit the places in society that are, that are higher up than where you are at or where most people are at. So that's normally political, celebrity, or just day-to-day stuff. But what I've seen and what I think people are doing now is punching down. Um, and I feel like that's a trend that's a little bit scary is they're punching now at marginalized groups um, because they themselves feel marginalized because you're so terrified all the time of COVID and everything going on. So you feel like I got to punch down to make myself feel more secured up here. But for me, I feel like I'm pretty secure where I am. So I'll just keep punching wherever I'll keep punching upwards, Mm -hmm. um, which I've been, I'm pretty happy with. I've gotten a pretty solid response to that. But I think that people now don't care where they're punching in comedy, which kind of terrifies me a little bit.
1: How do you write your sets?
0: Honest to God, uh, <laughs> no idea. I cobble together weird little thoughts that I get. Okay. Um, I've I've been in this weird kind of mindset where I'll wake up at like 2.30 and I'll just write something down, in, 2.30 in the morning, in the afternoon, but I'll just write something down in the middle of the night because it just comes to me in a dream or something, mm-hmm. which I, it sounds like it's prophetic. It's mostly just like dick jokes, and I'll be like, oh, it'd be funny <laughs> if I said that, if I called it a candy cane, but – um no it's an interesting way it's definitely not recommended i just kind of pull it out of my ass
1: so have you ever thought about making the jump from five minute sets to 15 20 minute
0: sets it's interesting you'd say that because i'm doing a show this upcoming friday which is the day after thanksgiving it'll already have happened by the time you hear this Um, but i'm doing a show with saber um, where i'm doing a 15 minute and the first set i ever did was a 25 minute for spark fishers Mm -hmm. the festival and that was terrible probably terrifying it was terrifying and it was terrible nobody checked me i didn't have an audition (laughs) i just i sent my name in and they were like okay you have a 30 minute time slot and like an idiot i tried to fill all of the 30 minutes yeah
1: 30 minute time slot of stand standing up there and trying to make people laugh is hard
0: also if you're looking to get into comedy say no to outdoor sets if you can outdoor sets are terrible Because nobody the way that comedy works in my brain is you get one group to laugh and then it'll bubble. If you're outside and you make one group laugh, it stays there and then everyone else just looks at you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long experience. But um, I'm interested to to talk with you because you're a psych major. Um, What have you noticed with. As this pandemic's gone along and now with the election, do you think that people are at an all time high of like stress levels or have you noticed anything in that?
1: I think, so talking to my friends, like my close friend group, uh, the guys that I live with and guys that I live close to, um, like their stress has never been higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, me personally, I, I would say I'm the same. Yeah. Stress wise. But I can see, I understand how a this pandemic can affect you uh, mentally and <clears throat> post-election. Uh, just a bunch of... You were just so locked in mm-hmm. to the election, and now we're transition it just always seems like something is going wrong, you know at the beginning yeah. of this year, Kobe died, and then oh. um then Black Panther died, you know, like God damn, my it friend. just always seems like something horrible is happening, yeah, and the one thing that I wanna stress is you know make sure you have. Positive coping mechanisms. A positive coping mechanism is not smoking weed or punching or punching or smoking cigs or whatever it may be. Those are not positive coping me- mechanisms. A positive coping mechanism could be journal journaling, uh, going on a walk, going on a run, playing basketball, um, playing cornhole. Those are things that I do. You know, when I'm stressed out and I want to, yeah. you know, get it out. Those are some things that I listen to music. Like it doesn't. Instead of trying to go away from the problem face it head on um
0: well that takes a lot of courage yeah i think you got to be in a a strong mindset to face on those problems which i think is one of the issues that's facing a lot of college students now because we're switching to online school which obviously is a lot of stress we got the election covid i i just think we don't have enough mental capacity to spread ourselves so thin to face these things head on so i think it's understandable that people don't have access to these positive coping mechanisms. But what's what would you suggest as a way to start developing them?
1: Um, journaling's easy, man. Like, writing down what you're thinking, that stuff, simple things like that and when you're at peak stress. Um, mm-hmm. You know, get out your phone, go on your notes, write down what you're thinking, feeling, and then later go revisit that. And, you know, maybe you'll find a way to um, curve that stress, find a way to, yeah. you know, deal with it. Um, other than those negative coping ne- mechanisms, which a lot of kids our age have. Yeah. Um, I do too. I'm not perfect. I have negative oh, yeah. coping mechanisms as well. Um, and as long as you recognize the problem and are willing to handle it, deal with it head on, that's all that matters.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I just think it's so tough because we have so much hammered at us telling us not to do this, not to do this. Um, but I think journaling is a really easy way to get started doing it because that really you're already on your phone most likely yeah and i think that could be the start i think that's a good building block Mm -hmm. for facing it down um i wanted to ask you about online school because i think we both of us have different experiences with it yeah what's been your experience with having to do college through a zoom sort of format yeah
1: so a lot of my classes are easier Mm. because of it okay um not the teaching yourself aspect, but the, I'm not going to incriminate myself, <laughs> the cheating aspects. <laughs> uh, We're off the record. Um, like, <laughs> it's, information is so accessible. Yeah. Is is the problem that our society has. Yeah. You know? Um, but it's been, like my, I have a world politics class that I'm in that I'm really struggling in right now. Mm-hmm. I have a, like a B minus, And I'm struggling. That's my lowest grade. I'm struggling. Um, B minus. <laughs> I'm try I'm trying to get into law school, so it's just you know, all A's kind of kind of that. vibe. Um but it's just it's hard to reach out to the professor because, you know, there's no professor to talk to. Yeah. This class is strictly online. So Oh, is it asynchronous? Yeah, it's asynchronous. Oh. So it's a strictly online class. Uh-uh. So if you're struggling, uh it's hard to reach out to a professor, TA, whatever the fuck, and you know, get the help that you need mm. because availabilities at a minimum
0: well i've i have a roommate i'm not gonna say his name um it's not the roommate we had. i'm not gonna say anything i have a buddy (laughs) we'll say that who's um been going through uh, a difficult couple of classes and he's he's kind of doing the informational i'm gonna try and word this the most in least the least incriminating way i can he's been using the information loophole Mm -hmm. um but he made an interesting point that I think, hasn't really been brought up with it. When you're at a job in the future, who's sti- like, why wouldn't you get used to having information at your fingertips? Really. Realistically, you don't have to memorize everything for yeah. the future because mm-hmm. we have Google at our fingertips. Do you think that we're getting a look at maybe more realistic way that we'll be going through our day-to-day lives outside of college, or do you think that we should be still trying to retain as much information as we can?
1: Um, information is power. Mm -hmm. Power is knowledge. Um, so yes, I encourage wanting to, wanting to learn. Yeah. But I understand why people don't, you know. Uh, a lot of the classes that I take, I'm very, very interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, psychology classes, poli-sci classes. Um, but for someone that's a biology major and is taking, um, yeah, like a geopolitics. Like K201 or something, oh. you know, like a, a computer class or a math class. Like that, stuff's, that stuff has no impact on yeah. their their job later in life. So
0: Well, I'll tell you, what, I have the benefit of being a theater major because I can't cheat through like a Mercutio monologue from mm-hmm. Shakespeare. Yeah. I have to, like there's no half-assing that. Otherwise, my professor gets mad. So I have the benefit of that. But I am in a couple of online class. Like French dude is kicking my ass. French is beating me up right now. I can't even imagine. Well, I'm not good at French to start. <laughs> like, honest, I've been taking French. This is the, the truth. I've been taking French for seven years. Seven years of my life. Almost half of my life, I've been, it's been spent learning French. I still cannot. I can barely say my a name. A third. A third of your life. A third of my life has been spent learning French. And I, I couldn't. I could do like two sentences. I don't retain it, and now that I'm learning it online, it is so much worse.
1: Google Translate.
0: I'm not gonna. You're not putting me in a trap here, pal. <laughs> I, I think use you spoke. outside resources to learn French, but it's very difficult. And I'm wondering if our, if p- more people are like me in that in that situation, if we're gonna have ill prepared workforces after this.
1: No, because like you said, dude, uh, you're able to information's at your fingertips. You're able to. G- yeah.
0: But I don't want my accountant to be like, if I go up to him for a question, he's like, yeah, let me Google that. Like, I don't want to, I don't know. He should know it. He should, they should know it. He or she should know it. They should know it. So it freaks me out a little bit. Also, if my doctor, if I'm like, I got this lump in my throat, and they're like, yeah, let me, I'll go check on that. And then I hear like audible keys clacking in the background. Like, I don't want, I don't want that. Well,
1: it could also be access to a database, you know? Like,
0: I know, but it feels one step closer to full automation, which...
1: I don't think you can automate doctors.
0: I don't know. I I didn't think... I bet in the 1800s, they didn't think we would have air conditioning.
1: Okay, how is a robot... Uh, but it's been... How is a robot supposed to feel?
0: Well, that's the thing. It, it's an ethical question. Would you rather your doctor be able to feel or be able to treat you accurately? You know?
1: I... It, my argument would be feeling is treating accurately.
0: Yeah, but if my doctor's like I feel like there's something wrong with your leg and then just cuts it off, I'd be I'd be pretty mad. I and don't look,
1: think that's ever happened. I though. don't know.
0: <laughs> I bet there's one doctor somewhere who is like I feel like this guy's leg sucks.
1: Hey, your leg has a bruise. Let's cut it off. Took,
0: I don't know. I'm used, but it just feels like we're we're going downward in the food chain.
1: Okay. Also, though, if you're interested in a topic and your major if you're interested in the the knowledge you're going to learn it yeah uh whether you want to or not because college has this way of sending you through eight classes that are almost the same thing you know what i'm saying yeah it does like with psychology there's developmental psychology lifespan psychology uh Practical psychology, yeah. like there's so many, like I've had to take so many forms of psychology that repeat themselves that I I know the info. You know? Okay,
0: but what about the the kid out there who's in an accounting class because their parents wanted them to be in accounting class, and if they had just gone through the regular path, they would have been a real good accountant. But now they're just slacking off, and they're still going to get the degree, and then that's going to be my accountant, and I'm going to be bankrupt.
1: Sucks for you, man.
0: It sucks for me, but I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we're getting closer and closer and closer to being less good than robots. And this is not helping us.
1: No way. Yeah, I agree with you. No way we're going to be as close to a robot. But that's where we argue is it better to have a human like you said, is it better to have a human treat you or take care of you than or a robot? I don't know. Okay. Interesting. Well, Interesting idea. If robots were doctors, COVID
0: transmission would be low. Zero, basically. Yeah. And every time I get a physical, the doctor's hand's always cold when he checks for a hernia. Right? Mm-hmm. The robot's hand's going to be That's my cold. favorite part. You like getting a hernia check? You dirty <laughs> freak. Because then I don't have to look a robot in the eye and be like, uh, your hand's on my balls, which I think I'm actually excited for. That's going to be my favorite part of doctors being replaced by robots.
1: <laughs> what about when you're 50 and you have to get your uh, a finger in your butthole?
0: I'd be fine if it was a robot, honestly, because <laughs> I'm not looking forward to a human being doing that to me. Oh, my God. Also, a robot would be like, now cough, and I'd be like, that's better than the man that has treated me since I was a baby going, now cough for me. And my mom, just outside the door, giggling as she hears me cough. <laughs> I'd rather a robot does that for me. I'd rather it be impersonal. Maybe for other procedures, it would be better if it wasn't a robot. I don't know. Maybe they could get hand-warming. Because that is my least favorite part of getting a physical. a glove? (laughs) A a robot with a glove. That's my least favorite part of getting a physical, is the doctor's cold hand touching down there. Um, But I don't know if that warrants them being replaced by robots. (laughs) <laughs> um, I think it's interesting, though. I think it's interesting from my perspective because w- if I'm going into theater and acting and, and comedy and stuff, I don't think I'm afraid of losing my job to robots. So I think I'm just kind of spouting shit that I'm not afraid can of. Can robots be funny? Uh, I've never seen one. I hope to God they can't be. Cause robots hope-
1: can't feel emotions, so technically they can't be funny, right?
0: But what if we get to the point where they can, you know? That's where I think AI is going. I don't know if you saw the movie Her. No. Oh, It's a great movie. It's got uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. It's about a guy that falls in love with an AI because she's perfectly human-like, <coughs> which I'm not saying we're anywhere close to that, but the fact that we're imagining that, I don't know, freaks yeah. me out a little bit. True. But what if that's the natural progression of humankind? What if that's our evolution?
1: Our brains get put into a
0: robot. And then we just live life in the matrix. I don't know. I There's, there's positives and negatives. That's freaky. It's freaky. It is very freaky. Cause then is it a real life? Are you living a real life or is it computer life or is it computer life? I don't see. Once I start talking circles into myself, that's (laughs) when my brain starts (laughs) like there's something's pumping.
1: Your brain short circuiting right now.
0: We'll, we'll switch to something that doesn't make my brain hurt. Um, what, what, how have you been navigating things socially? Because I know it's so hard. College is all about social and I guess, going to class or whatever. <laughs> but
1: Yeah, getting good grades is also a part of college. But yeah. uh, socially, I haven't been able to meet new people this yeah. year, as many new people this year, you know. It's um, weird. It is weird, especially being in Bloomington. Um, it's kind of like a given. Oh, you're going to meet new people, yeah. or at least you should. And I enjoy meeting new people. I love meeting people in general. Um and not being able to see slash meet uh, new people is, is uh, it's interesting because we haven't been able to meet new people. So yeah. I am personally a very like outgoing person. I like to mm-hmm. meet new people. I like to, you know, get to new know new names, uh, new faces, get to know where you're from, you know, whatever it may be, your background. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't been able to do that this year simply because people are too too scared, rightfully so, to, to uh, catch COVID.
0: Well, I'll tell you what my favorite part has been, and I'm saying this sarcastically. I'll tell you what my least favorite part has been. I'm on Tinder. I had put that in my stand-up set. My least favorite part is doing the six-foot-apart Panera date. I feel like I've gone on two or three of those, and then you don't know what the other person's face looks like, which I know is a petty, stupid thing, but it's very weird trying to connect with someone if you can't see their mouth. It's very. It's the whole COVID thing has made me hyper aware of how much we emote, and how much we take those different signals in.
1: Sixty-five percent of our communication is nonverbal.
0: It's crazy because now, honestly, I have no idea what someone's thinking, and I don't like the ambiguity of that. Yeah. So I think that also makes it hard to make friends and be social if you don't know what the other person's giving you. Um,
1: I think it, it. I think this generation of our generation of COVID kids guess you can call them, um, are developing that hyper-awareness because we're so used to seeing someone's face and their mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, your mouth emits a lot of emotions, um, happy, sad, angry, whatever it may be, content, discontent. Um, and those emotions show other people what you're, what you're thinking slash about to do. So those nonverbal factors have kind of been taken away with the acquisition of masks. But, again, as we've been emphasizing since season one, episode one. Yeah. uh, They're necessary. Masks are important. Mask up everybody all the time whenever you're out in public. Please.
0: I'm excited for when we get back to class because I had two in-person classes um, that were socially distanced. They were both theater classes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I never got to see what anyone's face looks like. So now I get to see that over Zoom, which is a fun thing that I never would have had.
1: That is interesting. Um, I had a Spanish class in person. Yo, Tango. (laughs) <laughs> and the uh, professor wore a mask and a face shield. So I could not hear what she was saying.
0: Oh, because it's reflecting back at you. Yeah,
1: and she was speaking Spanish the whole time.
0: Oh, gosh. that I was here complaining about French when you can't learn a lick of Spanish if you don't know when-
1: I'm I'm good. I'm all right at right. Spanish. I can get my what way are, through
0: Spanish. we are Albano. What did I just where's say? Where's the bathroom? You are damn good. <laughs> uh, that's got to be difficult.
1: I also think you said that wrong.
0: I probably... i don't know it was i took spanish eighth grade i know what i'm doing why'd you take french because i hated spanish no offense to anyone that speaks spanish i just couldn't get it i have a a very white mouth so i can't roll my r's at all (laughs) don't do it to me so i'd be in the classroom and she'd be like pero but with the rolled tongue pero "Pero," and i'd be like pero and i'd be like look at this idiot." He doesn't know how to say dog in Spanish. <laughs> so I switched to French. But that's got to be very difficult to uh, to try and comprehend Spanish. And if you're learning it in a different language and not being able to really hear it. Yeah, it
1: is difficult.
0: Um, but you still have an A in that class? Yeah. You're a genius. You're unbelievable. But did that move to – or is it going to move? Um,
1: it is – I think it's going to. Uh, so there's still – some un- uncertainty with how classes are going to go second semester. Yeah, um, and that's interesting because there's never really been uncertainty around classes. Like, oh, are we going to have this class in person? Yeah, I don't
0: know. It's you weird know? to see the TBD next to a lot of my yeah. classes.
1: And it's it's just an interesting time to be a college. Stu- I think it's an interesting time to be a student. Yeah, um, because you know, uh, kids in our public schools in Fishers <laughs> seem to be getting going to school, then not going to school, yeah. then going to school, then not going to school. And I mean, I can't even imagine how difficult it is for these kids because I mean, we at least we've had, you know, oh, you are yeah. going to class or you don't yeah. have class or you zoom, you know. These kids have been, oh, uh we'll go to school until t- TBD.
0: <clears throat> yeah. And, and go ahead. I can't imagine like Going to school one day, knowing you're going to go to school another day, and then waking up and having to find out on Twitter that you're not going to school that day anymore—it's like having a snow day, but there, you're, there's no tangible snow. Yeah. So, like, is. even with a snow day, you would have a little bit of warning. You'd be like, "I guess we're not having class." Now, you have pretty much zero warning.
1: And if though, and if a kid contracts COVID in class, the teacher has to quarantine for 14 days, which has led to a uh, a staff shortage and yeah. substitute teachers so what? if you if you are out there listening to this right now and uh, you don't have a criminal record you, you don't have a criminal record um, Good and team. you like children not like that but you like children yeah, not too much um, please volunteer not volunteer you get paid right yeah oh you get paid
0: yeah uh, I think it's it's a part-time situation yeah you get money so uh, my buddy Max who you'll hear his episode he is a substitute. Uh, his girlfriend, no free press. I'm not going to give her name. She wasn't on the show. Um, but she's also a substitute, and it's a good way to do it. But I think Fishers and the HSE School District was down 90 subs, or they needed 90 yeah, subs. If, so you,
1: if you are listening to this and you need a part-time job that pays relatively well, I think it's like $110 a day.
0: And you have no criminal record, and you like kids the good amount, go ahead and apply because I th- they really, really need it. Um and I
1: think your your roommate said – I won't refer to him as your roommate. Yeah. Max. Uh, Max. I think Max said uh, it was a four-hour orientation and, like, four days worth of paperwork.
0: Yeah, which I think it's – that's a lot of paperwork. But um, I think I don't like teaching. Obviously, he
1: was capping.
0: Yeah, a little bit. I think he was doing some hyperbole. Um, I don't like teaching, but I'd be willing to do it. I, th- I think you just need – to be willing to sit in a classroom for a day. And I think it it could change the way that kids are learning right now, and they definitely need it. So if you're interested in that, um, check that out. I love that we just kind of gave a big little public push to do some <laughs> subbing, and we're not even getting paid by HSC. But, um,
1: uh, we get paid in hugs and kisses.
0: Not now. Not now we don't. That's on layaway. Yeah, true. we no got to wait till there's a vaccine, which, hell of a segue. Thank you for noticing. Uh, vaccines are coming I, out. We're
1: good enough, Rand. We're good enough now where we don't have to point out the segue. I'm going to point out the segues. Oh, okay, okay.
0: It's All a right. nice little pat on my back.
1: Good segue, Joey.
0: Thanks, um, what do you, The vaccines are coming out now for the COVID?
1: Yeah, so Moderna and Pfizer released a vaccine that's proven to be like 95.5% effective, mm-hmm. which is good, which is awesome, and I'm excited to see how soon these uh, vaccines are able to be pushed out. Obviously, firstly, it'll be healthcare workers and then the elderly and then kids like us, you know? Yeah, which uh, I'm
0: excited to wait in line. I'm, I'm
1: excited to be able to um, see all the people that have gotten these vaccines and then me just like, yeah, I'm
0: chilling. Well, we're th- for the first time in our lives, we're not the guinea pigs. Yeah, true. Th- we're just chilling. We're at the back of the line. We can wait and see, which I feel like is weird. Obviously, you want the people who need the vaccines to get the vaccines first. But if there's something wrong with the vaccine, uh, they're the most susceptible, which I'm not trying to brew any any (laughs) fear in vaccines. That's the opposite of what I'm trying to do. I'm just making a thesis that I'd be perfectly willing to just try it. I'm sure it'd be fun. I I don't like needles at all.
1: But if it's for your safety and Uh, other people...
0: Even then, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I got my flu shot for the first time by myself.
1: You didn't. Your mom wasn't holding. My mom your hand. wasn't
0: there to hold my hand. It's a lot. I would have been there. I know you would have, but I couldn't ask you to go to CVS with me in Bloomington. In Bloomington, I would have gone. I should have texted you because the woman <laughs> that that gave me my flu shot didn't say a word to me. It was the most impersonal thing. Not to say anything about CVS as a whole, but she just came up to me, sat me down, the trigger warning, stabbed a needle in my arm, and then. <laughs> Walked away, and I was like, Is this, was that like a one night stand? I didn't even get her name or anything. She's just gone into the night. Um, but I'm fine with getting a vaccine. I don't know what your feelings are.
1: I'm totally fine with the vaccine. Um, I think it's important to get it. And for those anti vaxxers out there, I urge you to get this vaccine because it is not only for your safety, it is also for everyone else around you. Like we were talking about earlier, uh, with the bubble. It's important to um keep those people in your bubble safe. Yeah. Because like the people that are in your bubble are the people that are closest to you.
0: Yeah. So keep them safe. Um I think that's a good note to end on. Yeah, we can end it. Do you guys do you guys think so? All
1: right, sick. Cool. Uh,
0: that was like a Dora <laughs> moment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, isn't that called
1: breaking like the fourth dimension or something like fourth that wall. fourth wall yeah. yeah
0: deadpool does that a lot so we just broke the fourth wall i love you guys uh, it's so good to be back yes
1: so very good to be back and i can't wait
0: to keep doing this
1: season two season
0: two baby you guys stay beautiful stay messed up
1: hey stay positive love each other
0: thanks again for joining us for the first episode of season two golly it's good it's so good to be back um just to let you guys know we're going to be returning towards more of a scheduled kind of release thing so please stay tuned follow us on twitter at fresh j and r for more updates on the content that you love thank you guys so much again for supporting us and we will see you next time